Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Camp Diaries series of Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast, where I take you deeper inside training camp with conversations from some of the best and brightest beat reporters on the Bills beat today. And guess what? If you're having a barbecue, tailgating, uh, on a road trip to see your favorite football team, wherever the season finds you, make sure to stop at Tops Friendly Markets for the best deals in town from fresh meat, to locally grown produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more for mealtime, snack time, or anytime. Tops at your table since 1962. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Channel 7 Sports Director Matt Beauvais. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, Camp Diaries, where every day we sit down the different Buffalo Bills beat reporter to get their takeaway on our return to the Dorsey Hall dorms right here at St. John Fisher University. And next we go to the sports director of Channel 7, WKBW. I got it all right. You got it all right. Matt Beauvais is in the house. And when I say in the house, I mean in my dorm room, room 216, which I feel comfortable now saying room 216 because pretty soon I'm not going to be in it anymore. 216, the setup is much nicer than 208. 208 legitimately looks like a jail cell. That's the room that I'm in. There are two cots. Well, everybody who's listening, we forgot sheets. Have you told that story yet? No, and that's the perfect place to start. All right. So this is my fifth or sixth training camp at Fisher. This is what? You're like fourth or fifth? No, this is only my third. Okay. So it's your third, my fifth or sixth. By now, we should know what we need to bring to camp. I thought I could get away with just two blankets and two pillows. I was like, you know what? I really don't need the sheet. I'm just going to be on the cot every night. I'll put one pillow, or excuse me, I'll put one blanket down, and then I'll use the other pillow and the other blanket for me. And I did it the first night, and it was miserable. So then the two of us ended up at a Walmart at like 1030 at night with Capaccio going to buy $11 sheets. And we were calling Elena and Catherine. And we were like, what size is the cot? What size sheets do we need for those? It's a twin XL. That's how we've been living these last couple of weeks. I got to tell you, it's the best 11 bucks I've ever spent. Because I'll tell you right now, you look under those sheets. You, you walk in here, and you see these blue buddies. Uh, it is... <laughs> It is, you know, fear factor comes to mind. I mean, if you were to sleep on one of these, I know they probably clean them before we come. Do they? <laughs> Do they though? Like, have these things been cleaned since May when students moved out? 
here's why I think they have been cleaned. I have never in the memory I have of this place been serviced my room been serviced as much as this time around. I can't, I can't put a, enough signs up to tell them I'm good on towels. They are barging in here at 8.30 yeah. every day. You better get ready for those towels. Well, I appreciate it. We were walking up to my dorm today with Bree Aldridge, one of our other sports reporters, and she passed one of the signs that said no housekeeping on the door. And she was like, is that some sort of inside joke? And I was like, no, legitimately. Like They have people who come and they clean things up. They make the bed. They bring new towels. They clean up the floor. It's very nice. St. John Fisher, they are quite gracious hosts here. Yes, they are. And we've now been here, you know, another jog through camp, um, the late days, the decisions on whether to stay or drive back and come back. Some people you know, our good buddies, Jay Skursky, Joe Biscaglia. I call him Biscaglia because he doesn't like that. Okay. And they just huff it right back to town. Yep. And I am of the belief that I'm going away to camp. I'm going away to camp. I'll, I'll go back when I have to go back. But for the most part, I'd say it's 70 to 9 to 85% I've been here. I feel like I'm right in the middle. I probably stay, I definitely stay more than like Jay and Joe and some of the other people, but I'm not here as much as like Elena and Catherine. And I think they've basically stayed every single night. To me, it's a workflow thing. Like most days, I'm not done with work until five o'clock, six o'clock. And then at that point, you're getting home at 7 30, 8 o'clock. Is it really worth it to go home for, you know, three hours, go to bed and then wake up at 6am the next morning and then come back out to Rochester. So for me, it's not, so it's nice finishing up the work at five o'clock, then going to hang out with you guys, grabbing something, you know, to eat, going to play nine holes of golf. Like I like that. And it just makes more sense that way. I've got a great question that just came into my mind. Okay. So one of the big storylines of camp has been, you know, the Josh Allen that was at St. John Fisher college in 2019. That was that was nothing compared to the Josh Allen that strutted his stuff onto this place a couple weeks ago. I could say the same thing for Matt Bovey. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I could say that the star of the Bovers has risen exponentially. Over the, were you sports director yet when you were the last time we were here at camp? You want to hear a whirlwind? A couple yeah. weeks? All right. So, yes, I was sports director. My first day as sports director was my first day back from my honeymoon which was in 2019, in the matter of a month, I bought a house, I got married, and I became the sports director. That all happened in like a three-week span. So we closed on the house, I think, seven days before we got married, which was nuts and stupid. And then I remember like the second day we were in the house, my wife was like, I really want new cabinets. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like in October, November, once things calm down a bit, we'll do it. She's like, I think we should start now. And I was like, we get married in like a week. Like, do we really want to take on this big of a project? Guess what? We took it on. So we did it. And thanks for all my help from my friends. Then we have the wedding. Then we go away on our honeymoon. And then we come back. And then it was new job, new wife, new house. Oh, my goodness. It was so stressful. Everybody told me it's like it's all downhill from here. Like this month, you've peaked. Like everything else now sucks. And I was like, oh, great. Really, really. So that's nice of you to say that the 2019 version of Beauvais doesn't live up to the 2022 version of Beauvais. Uh, I would like to think that version was a little more stressed than the 2022 version is. I just mean more so that, you know, the more we do this job, like all of us, like year after year, you know, it, the brand grows, the um, you know, I don't want to say notoriety, but just the awareness of who we are and what we do and what we bring to the beat. 
And I just feel like you've flourished in your role. So I wanted to give you a little love. And now the podcast is super cool. Like a lot going on. So 2019 Mapove is not worthy of being on this podcast. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Dude, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Like you would have gotten a hard probably wave as you walk by the room. And I would be like, I would have let Mookie leave. And I would have said, hey, Bove. See, I shut the door. I've been awkward. No, it's been great. And I think it. I know I listened to sales podcast on the way here when you were talking to him and he was talking about being in all these different platforms. And I think the way that the industry is going, that is so important because for so long, my traditional job was to be the sports director at a TV station. And it was about being on TV at five o'clock at six o'clock at 11 o'clock. But that only makes up like 10 minutes of the day when you take all that time and put it together. You can't just be relevant for 10 minutes of the day and you can't just be a news source for 10 minutes of the day. So many people are getting their news now from their phones, from Twitter, from from Facebook, from Instagram, like you've got to be there all hours of the day and you've got to be churning out content that you find compelling and that you hope other people find compelling. So as time has evolved, I think it's been more of an emphasis, especially for me and for our station to just be like, okay, yeah, we want to make sure we're producing good TV, but we also want to make sure that we're providing content for people, whether it's, you know, three in the afternoon or five o'clock in the evening. It really doesn't matter. It's just like, that was such a stupid time gap. I just said three in the afternoon to five in the evening. That was so stupid. Okay. 3 a.m. or 5 p.m. We just want to make sure that we're everywhere that you can be. So that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest with you. I'm not really searching for your content in three in the morning, but listen, if you're delivering that, you're taking it to the next level. And that's what I appreciate. All right. I want to go to next observations of camp takeaways from camp right like you come here with this blank canvas and you got to paint something over the course of the uh, of a few weeks and then when you leave you know whether it be radio shows tv shows podcasts whatever what did you learn and so like what what are some of your takeaways and they don't have to necessarily be on the field but like things that you've seen here that you're now like okay that's something that i didn't know when i got here I don't think I realized from a strictly football standpoint how big of a jump Ed Oliver looks like he's about to take. Ed Oliver is really good. And I think the Von Miller effect has played a big factor into that. But Sal and I taped our training camp awards podcast and we did defensive MVP. And I started with Von Miller just because we watched him today make Spencer Brown look like the two of us. Like he got by that dude in a blink of an eye. Sal went with Ed Oliver. And I think there's a really good point there. Like that is how good he has been. You could argue he has been the most valuable player on the defensive side of the ball. And it certainly helps having Von Miller next to him from a strictly football standpoint. I would say how good Ed Oliver has been for more of like a big picture standpoint. I think the bills are more ready to be front runners now than they were last year. And just the way they carry themselves, the way they don't shy away from the expectations that are involved with this year. I think that's a big step for them. I think it's a lot tougher to be the hunter than it is to be the hunted. And I think at times the Bills struggled with that last year. I think they almost had to face adversity to get back to playing the caliber of football we thought they were going to be able to. And this year there's a new swagger about them. Like I think they're ready to be the team with the target on their back and to be the team that contends for a Super Bowl. This is probably not going to work. Um, I'm going to throw something at you and it's, I was just kind of workshopping it in my brain as yeah. you were saying that, but you know, like, like if you got like a little bit of a issue with like on the flooring, what, what, what's that? The crown molding on the, yeah. on the, on the side, right. You got to like, maybe you got a hole in it at the bottom. You got to throw some stucco on there and then paint over it. What do you feel like is the stucco of the situation? When you talk about the bills being more ready to compete, 
Is it just Von Miller? Is it the pain and suffering that Josh Allen's gone through and now have being in that moment, be more prepared to lead this team in those moments. What do you think it is that's going to take them to the next level and make them more ready to deal with it? I think it's a combination of everything. I think it probably starts with Josh Allen. He's the face of this franchise. He is the leader of this team. And the last time we saw him on the field in a football game, he played a damn near perfect game. He was unbelievable. So I think the way that they lost last year almost has it definitely gives them a chip on their shoulder because of the way it ended with the 13 seconds. But for Josh Allen specifically, I feel like in his mind, he thinks if they win that coin toss, they go and they win the Super Bowl. And I know a lot of fans probably feel the same way. So I feel like he takes it almost personally that he had this opportunity taken away from him. And now he is going to do everything in his power to get back there. And then you bring in Von Miller, who's like, I've done this not once, twice. And I also did it last year. Like I know what it takes. Follow my lead. We will do it. We will get there. We have the talent to get there. And I think a lot of teams can say like, oh, we think we have the talent to compete for a Super Bowl. And I think it's kind of BS most of the time. I think there are a handful of teams that have that talent. And I think when you have the talent, like the Bills do, and when you have the leaders like Von Miller, like Josh Allen, like Stefan Diggs, I think that's kind of the perfect blend of having the swagger and having the ability to ultimately get it done. The sizzle of the grill, popping open a fresh, a refreshing drink, crowds cheering for their favorite team. These are the beautiful sounds of football season. And Tops is right there with you. From fresh meat to locally grown produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more. Great stuff. Um, so part of what camp is all about is building relationships. Kind of the thing that we miss so much about this environment is being able to kind of get to know the players away from like the football back and forth. in a lot of these press conferences, you know, one example of that is today, just Isaiah Hodgins for me running off the field, right. Walks right over to me as he's running off the field, stops and says, I do this every day. I wait till Stefan Diggs or Josh or Josh Allen is running off the field. And I scoot right by him because you can never be more incognito than in those moments when those two guys are coming off the field and he's just like, it just works, right? Like when you're trying to get to a lift or you're trying to get to the jugs machine, you got work to do. You're Isaiah Hodgins just going day after day or day trying to make this roster. You know, you don't think about that. And he's done tons of like, I don't think he's trying to skirt any like fan interactions, but dude, he's it's do or die for him in this training yeah. camp. Right. So what has been maybe an interaction? You've done a lot of one-on-ones. I tell you with Dawson Knox today. Some of those like maybe away from the camera moments that you're like, I learned a little bit about that guy today. Had a little bit of a lighter moment because those are kind of the cool things that I think fans want to hear about. It was literally the first or second day of training camp. And I put in a request to talk to Tim Settle on the podcast with Sal. I was like, listen, this guy was so full of energy. The first time we talked to him, I really want to get him just in a more relaxed setting. And the PR person who was in charge of Tim, that's Kaylee. I put in the request and she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go talk to him about it. I saw him later that day before she had put in the request and he was riding his scooter. And I just went up and I was like, Hey man, I'm Matt. I cover the bills. I work at channel seven in Buffalo. I just wanted to introduce myself myself. I put in a request to talk to you in a couple days, you know, on this podcast, we just want to get to know you. And he was like, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. And I was kind of like, okay, well, like, thank you. That's nice of you to say, but you don't have to pretend you're interested. <laughs> and the next day he came up to me after practice and was like, Hey, I talked to Kaylee. I can't wait to talk to you guys. Does tomorrow work? And I was like, yeah, tomorrow definitely works. And every time I've seen that dude since he's been like, Hey Matt, what's going on? And it's just like, there are so many, he's the perfect example, but there are so many guys on the team that just kind of have that vibe to them. They treat us with kind of that sort of, 
I don't respect, I guess is probably the right word, but it's been nice to just kind of have those face-to-face relationships as opposed to being on a Zoom call and having to raise your hand on a Zoom and trying to talk over everybody. When you can just talk to people off to the side, I feel like you get so much more genuine just answers from them. And I appreciate that. Um, I haven't been able to talk to Reggie Gilliam uh, since he unfollowed me on Twitter. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, so I didn't have him on my 53-man roster projection back in May, uh-huh. uh, as you take out my computer. <laughs> um, and honestly, do you know what the reason for it was? I literally just omitted fullback from my entire thing. It was a complete goof typo. Uh-huh. Like as I, as you're going through those things, I, I'm sure as you if you've ever done it before, you just you're basically just like going position by position. And for one reason or another, I went running back to tight end, tight end and I or wide receiver, whatever it was, and I. I, n- I always put him in the running back uh-huh. group because it's easier than just doing one fullback group. But for whatever reason, I just forgot it. So then afterwards on my show, I was like, I was trying not to like make it out like I just completely forgot about Reggie Gilliam. So I was like, yeah, I made like an argument about why maybe he doesn't make the team. Yeah. Well, that got around to him and oh, no. he unfollowed. And it's been awkward because honestly, there hasn't been too many people that have been a bigger fan of what Gilliam has brought the last couple of years. It honestly was just more of a, Shit, I forgot. <laughs> well, okay, here's my Twitter story for you. Jordan Phillips, the first go around when he was with the Bills, I got some like great video of him on the sideline of a game. And he followed me on Twitter and then messaged me and was like, Hey, can you send me the link to that video? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And, you know, over the years we had talked and he was a pretty solid player when he was here. Then he leaves and I haven't talked or thought about Jordan Phillips in a long time. And then probably like a year ago, I was like, I don't need to follow him anymore. Like, I don't care about what's going on with the Cardinals. So I just unfollowed him. And then he unfollowed me back. And now he's back on the bills. And I'm like, ah, crap. I was the one who initiated the unfollow. Like, maybe I made a mistake there. Maybe I should have kept following him. So that's not as bad as the Gilliam thing. Did you follow back? No. So you're still, <laughs> you're still in no man's land. Uh, he could follow me first if he wants to. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's definitely making the team. And that's going to be something that you're just going to have to stare yourself stare yourself down. And eventually, I'm going to go up to Gilliam and say, listen, man, I'm sorry. I would bet that I don't follow 90% of the players on Twitter. Really? Yeah. I follow almost everybody on Instagram, but like, I bet I don't even follow Josh Allen on Twitter. I'll find out right now. Okay, this is, this is strange. I follow them all, and they're all on notifications. It's just part of, I feel like part of the gig to know what they're saying and doing all the time. Not even following. Wow. I'm amazed at this. What's the, what's the logic behind it? I don't know. Most of them don't tweet. Most of them barely ever tweet. Like Diggs does a lot. So I think I follow him and I think I might've followed some of the other ones who are more active, but I follow them all on Instagram. Like, I don't think I've ever got to a point where I miss anything because I'm not following them. And I do just want to keep it a little less cluttered. Like I think before for me, how many people do you follow? Total? Not a ton, maybe 750. How do you 4,200 people? I don't know how you keep up with that. I follow 748 people because this is how Twitter works. Let me take you into the, the deep interwebs. I like that. I follow 4,200 people. And listen, I do, I do check peep the timeline from time and every now and again, if I'm like scrolling for something or want to, you know, what's the conversation happening in Bill's mafia land right now. But the people that I really want to know what they're tweeting, I turn their notifications on. So I get, yeah. I get a note 
every time they they tweet something. And that's how I follow it as opposed to skimming the timeline, if you will. Who do you have notifications on for? I can tell you who I've got on. Joe, you, Sal, Paul Hamilton. Uh, let's see. More like more beat reporters. I've got a couple other beat reporters who I've got notifications on for, but I just kind of want to make sure that I'm always like not behind on it. Bill's PR, Sabres PR, that whole thing too. Can you find out like all the? No, I don't think so. Because dude, mine would be scary long. Really? I probably have so sometimes I hand my phone to my wife, whether it be to take a picture or like find something or like a photo I took, and she'll be like, "I don't know how you do this." Every time I look at your phone, it's bang, 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 bang. It's notification. That's my life. Like 24 seven. Like that's all I'm ever doing is like, if something's happening, like we don't ever, we can't ever miss it. And so I feel like that part of it is easy. And now I have the watch, dude. That's why I switched. I literally, I had an, an Apple watch and I switched to a whoop band because I was sick of never being able to get away from it. And there was a nice peace of mind knowing that you would never miss anything. Like if you were on a run and you weren't paying attention to your phone, or if you were sitting in the car or something like now I don't have any idea. And I kind of like that. So eventually it's going to burn me. Like the Stefan Diggs, they sign him to an extension. It gets announced at like a weird time of the day and I'm not paying attention to my phone. Eventually it's going to burn me, but I'm trying my best to have some sort of disconnect from always thinking about work, thinking about the bills because it is a lot. And I think that's probably healthy too. So somebody starts, I mean, you had Bree start this, yep. this camp. So, you know, someone new, you meet one of the new media members and you, you're showing them the ropes, right? Yeah. What, what are some of the, you know, deep state Fisher nuggets that you got to make sure that you, you share. So they, they pr- completely prepared for the experience. All right. Well, you haven't been to a training camp in Rochester. If you haven't been to Marges, which we are going back to this evening to kind of put a cap on the end of training camp so for me it's marges for me it's going into the village of pittsford you're all about the village bakery now you love that place Dude, the lucy it's it's a it's a eggs cheese um i can't pronounce the cheese elena made fun of me about it and um sausage on a croissant wow fancy a croissant Nice little accent you got there. Um, I I think for me, I love Rochester and I love the setup for training camp. And I try and hammer home to people who work at the station as much as possible. Like, let's find as much stuff off the field as we can, because I think that's the stuff that resonates with people. I think that this is the time of year to be telling those stories and to be introducing people to fans, people who are the ones who cook the turkey burgers. Like, I know people laugh at that and they roll their eyes at that. But to me there are so many different places where you can find out that like, Oh, Von Miller had a really great day. And Josh Allen is really good at football. Like there's a time and a place for that, but what can we do to differentiate ourselves a little bit? So for them, my message is always like, I want you, if you're coming to training camp, I want you to enjoy Rochester because this is a really good time to kind of like prepare for the season. But I also want you to start thinking outside of the box as much as we can, because there's a balance. We can do both. We can talk about football and we can also have a little bit of fun. This was fun. A lot of fun. I got, I got one or two more before I let you get out of here. Um, so what's changed the most about camp? It's felt for me, it's felt almost exactly the same big differences. We don't, we, we don't really like, we're not able to like, technically grab players off of the field. I don't know how much that's really impacted things. It was easier to just go up and talk to guys, even if you weren't doing a story on them. I, I don't know if I'm going to get in the habit of like requesting to somebody that I'm not actually doing a story on. 
But what what has been the biggest difference from what you remember to what the experience has been? I think I was so wired that every time you came to training camp, the big story was the quarterback, that it's still in my head like that. And it's funny to not have to do that. Like, I can't tell you how many training camps I covered where it was basically every single day was an update on the quarterback competition. It was like, okay, EJ Manuel was 16 of 22 today. And Kyle Orton was this. And Tyrod Taylor was this. And it was so much attention on just who would play with quarterback. It took away from all of the other storylines. And I think... When you're a fan base, you probably that's the most important thing. It's like who's going to be the quarterback of this team, but then you don't learn as much about some of the other players, more of the depth players, more of the fans, the stories that we were just talking about. So for me, that's the biggest change. Like I remember going to Latrobe to cover a joint practice with the Steelers, probably in like 2014, and it was like right when Twitter was still relatively new, and EJ was like 15 of 20 with a touchdown and like Buffalo Twitter exploded. It was like, Oh my God, this is the answer. Like a great defense and a game manager is all we need. And then we know what happens. And then I think it might've been the next year. EJ shushed the crowd in Cleveland in the preseason game after scoring that late touchdown. So it has always been so wired to me that like training camp is a time to talk about the quarterback competitions. But when you cover a team now that has a stud, that just kind of like, we don't really talk. I haven't talked about Josh very much at all this training camp because he's really good and there's not much to talk about. Final question, favorite slash weirdest slash most awkward slash worst interaction at camp. And it could be with anybody. It could be somebody from the bills. It could be a player, it could be a coach, it could be PR, it could be, it could be somebody like a, like a staff member at the university. What's been like, this time around, not like ever, but like this time around, is there anything that stands out? Is like that was like a great interaction, or man, that was like that was one that was weird or anything. Can it be great? It can be great. It can't it be, be bad. It can be great. Um, there have been a couple of people because we just started the podcast, Sal and I, with the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast, and a couple of people have come up to us just out of the blue and they've been like, "Hey, we love the podcast. Keep up the good work." And that's cool because that makes you feel like there's actually people out there listening to it and. You know, you kind of like that, you know, when- little note, though, like there's a, like a little button on your analytics page that tells you when people have actually listened to your show. Really? No way. Is, are you serious? I don't know. I, you got to remember TV guy puts on makeup and goes on TV for two and a half minutes every day. I don't I didn't know it was that. Out there. It was in tweet. Would I have the access to that, though? Probably Sal. Well, then, Sal, let, let, let's get Matt the information. But no, that is Matt. This Matt, okay. Beauvais Matt, too many mats. All right. And this is beside the point, but there was a time when we were talking about the Matt Ariza and Matt Hawk punting competition with special teams coordinator, Matt Smiley, while Matt Perino and Matt Beauvais were at the press conference asking questions. So many mats in the kitchen. Bring back Fairburn for just another one. Why the heck not? So, no, I've appreciated those interactions with fans, just kind of coming up and chit-chatting with people. I love the like Rochester vibe too. I love people being like, Oh, this means so much to Rochester. We really hope that this is something that stays. And I kind of do too. I'll be very straightforward before camp started this year. I was like, man, this team just had two of its best years in franchise history. And they had training camp in orchard park. Why are we changing it? Why are we going back? And maybe that was just me being selfish and not wanting to make the drive. But now that they've come back, I like the setup here. And I think the team does too. So I kind of hope it sticks around for a while. Amen. I am team camp in Rochester till I die. I'm also team uh, Matt Beauvais, sports director of WKBW, uh, Channel 7 in Buffalo, Western New York. 
for those that um, forget. Thank you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just shots fired over and over again. You can't let her forget. Um, all right. That's going to do it uh, for this episode of Camp Diaries. He is Matt Beauvais. Uh, I am Matt Perino. Thanks, buddy. Of course. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode of Camp Diaries. We hope you enjoyed it. From your child's first birthday party to your holiday feast, Sunday football, backyard barbecues, and every meal in between, Tops is proud to have been at your table for the past 60 years and looks forward to 60 more. Tops, at your table since 1962.